Hey guys, welcome back to Hey Have You Heard About, and you're probably wondering, okay, this isn't, you know, the normal new episode that comes out, um, it's titled weirdly, it's still about Elisa Lamb, you know, what's going on, um, I promise it's gonna make sense, uh, I actually had someone reach out to me on YouTube in the YouTube comments with, uh, his own theory, I'm assuming him, based on the, um, profile picture and, you know, the post and stuff, I don't know, uh, but he reached out to me, his, his name was, uh, Blurry Bigfoot, yeah, Blurry Bigfoot, um, he reached out to me with a theory of his that I looked into, and I thought, you know, I wish I had found this while researching, because it, it seems really, you know, interesting, and based on the facts around the case, he provides sources, which a lot of, um, you know, theorists don't really do, so, you know, that gives him some credibility. So thank you so much, Mr. Blurry Bigfoot. Uh, before we get into that, though, I do want to get one quick thing out of the way. So you might have noticed, uh, I think I talked about it in Elisa Lamb Part 1 at the very end when I was doing goodbyes and outro and whatever. But you might have noticed that there's a link in the description uh, for the episodes now, which will take you to the Teespring uh, store. For hey, have you heard about? And there you can pick up shirts, stickers, you know, tote bags, pillows, blankets, all sorts of designs. Um, not just like the hey, have you heard about logo or you know things like that. Also some cute little designs. There's this one that uh, my friend Dylan from the first episode did of an alien. It's really cute. You can get it on a shirt. Um, so the the whole point of talking about it is because I want you to go buy stuff, uh, obviously, you know, because there's some cool stuff there. I think a lot of people would enjoy, but also because all of the proceeds are going to go to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Um, I don't get any of the money that's, you know, that you get. you. I don't get any of the money, basically. <laughs> Stumbling over my words. It's fine. Uh, all the money that. Uh, the store makes is donated straight to the National Center for Missing Missing and Exploited Children at the end of the month. Last month, we donated a total of $5. Woo! Uh, so hopefully that number is going to increase in the coming months. But yeah, so I just think, you know, they have a really good mission of helping children in bad homes or, you know, especially finding and saving missing children if they're in a you know certain situation we hear a lot of these bad stories on you know the podcast and others like it where children are horribly abused and mistreated and inevitably something really terrible happens to them but um you know the national center for missing missing and exploited children is there to help prevent some of that so i think that's a great way to give back to a community that you know wants to stop some of the terribleness in the world. So if you're interested, go ahead and click that link or you can Google search, you know, hey, have you heard about Teespring? It should pop up. Um, Yeah, so that's out of the way. Let's get into this theory. Um, So like I said, if I had found this theory when I was researching it, let's see, he posted it 25 days ago. So that was around the time when I had stopped researching. So it looks like I just barely missed this, but it's on Reddit. I will put a link of it in the description or the notes of the episode, you know, however you listen. Um, 
And again, like he provides a lot of different sources, like links to sources, hyperlinks. So, you know, to me, that makes it a little bit more credible because a lot of sources, you know, you look at and it's like, here's their theory, but there's no uh, secondary sources or references to sort of back it up. So good job. Once again, Blurry Bigfoot. Uh, Much appreciated. Uh, So basically, his theory goes into um, just the plain facts of the case, you know, ignoring uh, all the conspiracy theories around it, just like the straight up facts of the case, which I I really appreciate. Um, So he makes a point to say that if you go on Elise's Instagram, which I wasn't even aware she had an Instagram, I knew she had a Tumblr, which is something I forgot to talk about in the episode. Um, she did have a Tumblr. She posted there frequently, you know, uh, I think I talked about it at the beginning, but you know, just barely glossed over it. But blurry Bigfoot says that if you go on her Instagram and her Tumblr, you can see that she has a lot of pictures of, you know, high places, rooftops, you know, she seemed like the kind of gal who was just interested in like nature and, you know, her surroundings and I'm on her Instagram right right like right now and yeah like the the first few pictures that you look at are of you know high places rooftops you know, there's a picture of look what looks like downtown somewhere at night and then like a building being constructed again from like a roof vantage point stuff like that and then of course on her Tumblr um he says here that the the Tumblr seems to have several posts with the theme of cityscapes. So he makes a point to say that Elisa um, obviously had an interest, had an, had an aesthetic for this kind of thing, you know, going up high and seeing the world from a different point of view, taking pictures of it, you know, just that kind of, I guess, aesthetic, like I said. So it would kind of make sense if she... Um, went to the, the, he says here, it would make sense if she went to the top floor, took a few photos and had a look and then went back to the elevator. And he says that that's where the famous video starts. Um, I can kind of agree with that. I think, yeah, I think, um, you know, that would make sense if she would go up somewhere high to get some pictures or take a look around, you know, LA is an exciting city. You never know what's going on. Plus, you know, she'd been there, I think for just a few days, probably wanted to take some pictures to send back to her family or post on her, you know, social media. But to me, and I said this in the episode, um, to me, her attitude for getting on when getting on the, um, elevator is kind of playful, which I guess, you know, you might be sort of playful in the moment when you're doing something you like and stuff, but it it just seems like overly playful to me based on the body language. And once again, I'll link that uh, body language video we talked about in part two, I believe. Uh, So you guys can check it out because it it really is genuinely very, very interesting. Um, So yeah, but I, I don't know. I think... Hmm. He says that um, she was having a lot of fun, so she felt like she had time to kill and, you know, pressed all the floor buttons, which I can agree with. Um, Let's see. He agrees that she didn't seem frantic, scared or manic. 
yeah, like, I, she seemed like she was in a good mood. I absolutely 100% agree with that, at least up until, you know, the moment when she realized the elevator, uh, is stuck. Um, one thing he did say that I didn't, you know, find anywhere else was that the theory that she might have unknowingly pressed the hold door button and that, um, hotel staff says that the button can hold for a very long time, uh, which is something I didn't know. Again, he links all of this information in the post if you want to check it out. The only thing is I'm looking at a picture of the, uh, the button panel in the elevator. And the only thing is if she had unknowingly pressed the door open button, she, you know, I don't know. It, it, it it's kind of separated from the rest of the buttons. So I can kind of see that. Um, also, you know, would she have unknowingly pressed the door close button? You know, it's just kind of like, okay. I mean, I'll take it. Sure. Yeah. But like, I think, you know, Elisa was probably a, a little bit smarter and she probably recognized that, um, that the, um, you know, the buttons were a little bit further from like the number of floor buttons and stuff. Sorry, my brain's kind of frazzled just clicking through tabs right now. Um, so I mean, yeah, I guess I can see she accidentally, you know, pushed the hold door button or the door open button or whatever you want to call it. But like, uh, yeah. Okay. That's just something that kind of want that kind of didn't really sit well with me. Uh, so let's see. It basically just goes through, um, everything that we talked about in the episode. And then he says like, um, about how uh, it goes over, sorry, backing up. It goes over how she, you know, is obviously kind of sort of getting confused or distressed. Uh, he says that she presses the whole door, open door button again, uh, accidentally, uh, but then, like, he says that she remembers a fire escape she had just seen while taking photos slash exploring. She heads back to the window to reexamine the fire escape to the roof and realizes that the roof is just one floor above. Again, in an adventurous mood on her last night in L.A., just after pressing several buttons to explore the Cecil, she decides to take a quick trip, a quick climb up. Um, I don't know. To me... She does seem a little bit, and this is all based on my perspective, and, you know, I, I think Blurry Bigfoot has some great points here, but I'm just kind of, like, critiquing, but also sharing, I guess. Uh, but from my perspective, when she walks away from the elevator, she's a lot more, like, a lot less energ energetic, I guess. A lot less energetic, a lot less uh, adventurous, I, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, and that's not necessarily saying that she was like, you know, in a depressive state or anything like that. You know, I don't know. We don't know what she was like in this moment. There's no way we can know. And it's really hard, you know, even though I'm saying look at the body language, it's hard to know in that moment. But I don't know if she was feeling as adventurous now because like, again, oh no, the elevator is not closing. You know, what am I going to do? All right. Let's just, I mean, I, for me, based on my experience, if, like, an elevator door wouldn't close and all that stuff, uh, 
I wouldn't just automatically go to the window and be like, well, okay, let's just, you know, check out the roof and stuff. I would probably, you know, wait around to see if it closes, which she might have done. You know, once she walks out of the frame, we can't really tell what she does because the elevators do close shortly after that. So she might have done that. I don't know. Again, the video is all we have. We can't know, you know, what she was thinking or doing in that moment for sure. Um, he says uh, that she could easily bypass any alarm system, which is something that I, I sort of pushed in the episodes was that there's no way she could get onto the roof. Since then, I've seen the video of um, the, I guess he was also Asian. Yeah, the Asian YouTuber getting onto the roof. Um, I've seen it. It looks like it's doable. Uh, I think Blurry Bigfoot also links that video in his theory. So feel free to check that out. Um, let's see. Okay, so she walks around the roof. She sees a ladder that leads to the landing just above the tanks. Uh, and then he says that his opinion is that she jumped from the landing down to the tanks and lost her balance and fell in. Or perhaps even jumped directly in the open latch of the tank in the darkness, not seeing the hole in, on the tank in the shadows. Uh, HD pictures of the tanks show they had no locks and police reports with the maintenance man saying the lid was open when he found her. This might explain that her only wounds, the cuts on, this might explain her only wounds, the cuts on her knees, scraping the edge of the hatch as she fell in forwards. Now, I didn't know that she had cuts on her knees or anything like that. I didn't find anything that, you know, talked about that or anything like that. Um... So I can't, you know, and he, he doesn't provide a link. I guess it would be on the autopsy report or toxicology report or whatever you want to call it. But um, I couldn't find, you know, anything proving that or saying that. And he doesn't really link it there. So I, I, I don't know for sure. This is me saying, like, I don't know if she actually had scrapes on her knees or anything like that. That's, you know, I don't know. Um but I do think it's interesting, the theory. And I think we talked about this um, in episode one. I I mean, I can I guess this is all, you know, I guess I can see um, that she jumped or that she accidentally fell in. But again, like, you know, I, I think it'd be very difficult to like, you know, Chris, like just directly jump into something like that like the tanks or you know just like I don't know I'm looking at a picture he links with a fireman you know over one of the open latches of the tanks and I guess she might have been small enough to like directly jump in or fall in or something but I don't know it's I think the 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 fact that she gets into the water tank is something that we're always going to debate and like question because it's such a very odd, you know, thing, you know, maybe she did just happen to be like the one in a hundred chance. She perfectly, you know, fell into the tank and, you know, that's, that's how she ended up in there, you know, after she wanted to take pictures or maybe someone threw her there in there. You know, I think like this is something that we're never going to agree on and I think this is something that we'll, we'll just have, like, theories of. We're never going to have definitive proof or anything like that. Um, 
So, yeah, so he's bringing up a few of the comments and questions people left him about the uh, the theory. OK, so real quick before we get into those, I guess his theory is that uh, bare bones is that she wanted to take some pictures. She took some from the top floor, uh, tried to get in the elevator. Elevator didn't work, you know, decided to walk away, try to find some stairs Inevitably found like the fire escape and decided, okay, let's go, you know, take some more pictures or see this guy and, you know, see what's going on. Um, Climbed up onto the roof, got onto that ledge right above the water tanks, either fell and fell into it or, um, you know, let's see, um, or jumped down to the tanks and lost her balance and fell in. or he says, you know, even jumped directly into the open latch of the tank in the darkness, which, again, I think that would kind of be difficult. I can see I, okay, I can see her maybe jumping onto a tank and falling in to the the hole. That's believable. OK, I'll take that. It's a little bit harder to picture her jumping and perfectly getting into the water tank. That's all I think I'm going to say, but I I can, okay, I can see the falling in thing happening. Anyway, so that's his theory. A lot of people um, ask, like, why didn't she just take the stairs, you know, blah, 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 Uh, you know, where, why was there no phone or camera found, all this stuff. Um, For the stairs, he says that she made a conscious decision to check out the roof went up the stairs, found out there was an alarm, and then decided to take the um, fire escape up there. Uh, you know, I think, okay, yeah, I think that's a valid enough theory. Um, I guess if she was comfortable enough taking a fire escape to get onto the roof, then I could see that happening, definitely. Um, why was there no phone or camera? He says that uh, it could have dropped off the side of the building, Um as she was falling in, let's see, um, it says here that there was evidence of a phone. Police have admitted to one existing when asked during this pre- press conference. The police made it obvious there was one somewhere, but did not want to comment. And he links uh, the press conference. So it looks like his theory for the phone is that it either fell off the edge of the building or, you know, it might have been somewhere on the roof. Something like that. So let's see. Is there anything else? Yeah. Okay. So this is what I really wanted to talk about. He makes a very good point here, which I didn't see in any of the other articles or podcasts or, you know, posts I found um, that, you know, a lot of people when this case initially started, kind of jumped to conclusions and the the weird video, you know, going around didn't really help with it. And he says that um, he he makes the point to talk about the fact that a lot of people were like, ooh, you know, there's demon possession when the video came out, you know, she's moving her hands weird, all this stuff. And then her mental health becomes public knowledge. And it's like, okay, well, obviously she was super ill. She had bipolar disorder. She you know, might have been suicidal. So that's that's why she died. Um, And I really like this thing that he said that says she was just a young, quirky, regular girl 
uh, her age with some bad luck. No aliens, no demons, no psychedelic drugs. And, you know, he, he says in the final edit on the page that it, he's not trying to discredit people that say this is all due to her mental health. Um, he says, but people who are saying it's obvious because she was bipolar and her hands were that of someone manic. Uh, he thinks that, you know, that's kind of silly for lack of a better word. Um, let's see. I think, I think I have to agree with the fact that, um, I do think when it comes to this case, it's always mental health that comes up and that's great because, you know, mental health is a real issue that we need to talk about and we need to address it, you know, in our society. But, you know, this might've been a simple case of a girl who had mental health issues, but got into a situation of, um, just dire consequences, just a bad situation. And I think that's something that a lot of people, you know, need to remember, not just in this case, but in a lot of other cases as well. That and the fact that, you know, her family is still actively trying to figure out what happened. You know, they're trying to get some closure and we don't know if they ever will get closure. Um, I think that, um, he says this really good in the last paragraph. He says, this case taught me more about human nature around unsolved cases than ever. Most people prefer mystery and drama over mundane truths, which I can agree with. Um, researching this case, overwhelmingly, a lot of it, uh, a lot of the sources either blamed her mental health issues on the fact that she, you know, died, or they went to a supernatural sort of... Um, sort of cause and like you know at the end of the day Elisa was a, a real person she was a girl she had you know a family a life she you know had such promise and she had dreams and wanted to do things with her life and unfortunately it was cut so short that um you know and it's a tragedy it really is and we talked about this in episode two it really is a tragedy that you know such a such a young life could be cut short so quickly. And, you know, like I'm about to be Elisa's age in a few months. And it's just like crazy thinking about, you know, that fact is that she, she and I were almost the exact same age when she died or, you know, I will be the same age as her in a few months as when she died. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's hard to think about. And I think, you know, when it comes to this case and other cases, um, People need to take into account the fact that, you know, Elisa and others like her were real people. You know, cases like Tammy, which was one we talked about a few months ago, or, you know, Bella, which was the very first episode and, and future episodes as well. I think we all need to take into account that these were real people who suffered in the worst ways possible and who might still continue to suffer in some cases. And, you know... Not only that, but the families, you know, I know Elisa's family is probably probably think about her every day. And the fact that people go online and make these theories of like, oh, she was possessed by demons because, you know, the Cecil Hotel is haunted. It's like, OK, you know, 
think what you want, but you know, just respect Elisa and respect her family, I guess is the point I'm trying to make. So I think, I think his point that, you know, at the end of the day, Elisa was a person. She was a young person who, like he said, was just a regular girl with some bad luck. I think, you know, that's something that we should think about in a lot of different instances and things like that. And, you know, it's, it, it, it kind of makes me uncomfortable to chalk it up to just bad luck. I think it's just, she was in the wrong place at the wrong time is I think what we can say. Um, whether she, you know, was in the place in the wrong time in that she had an accident and fell into the tank or that she, you know, had a, had an episode because of her bipolar disorder or, you know, she met the wrong person and something happened at the end of the day, you know, she was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I think we need to remember, remember that. And we need to remember that Elisa was, you know, like I keep saying, she was a real person and we need to respect her memory and the fact that, you know, we can make all the theories we want. We can make all the speculations we want, but at the end of the day, you know, the least we can do is respect her and her memory and her family and, you know, mourn the loss of a life uh, that was not lived. So with that being said, um, I'm going to go ahead and end it here. So if you're interested in this theory, there's a lot of stuff I didn't really go into because there's a lot of logistics and kind of stuff that we kind of already went into in the podcast episodes. Um, but if you would like to check it out, it's going to be in the description below. The very first thing you see, first link, that's it. Uh, once again, thank you, Blurry Bigfoot, for reaching out and sending me this link. I, it really was an interesting read, even though, you know, I critiqued it a little bit. It was it genuinely really interesting. And I think it's, you know, I think it's a pretty solid theory for the most part. Um, yeah. So if you guys are interested in the podcast, you can go ahead and subscribe, leave a review or a like or, you know, a comment, whatever you'd like to do. Every review really does help. Um, it gets us out into the world and lets other people find us. So, yeah, if you would like to keep up to date on the podcast, you can follow uh, the official Twitter. That's going to be H-H-Y-H-A podcast. That's H-H-Y-H-A podcast on Twitter. Um, I normally post updates about, you know, future episodes. I post clues and stuff, all that kind of stuff. Um, let's see what else. Check out the store for sure. Um, you know, get some merch, get some cute stuff, you know, help donate to a good cause. That's always fun. Uh, the new episode is going to be a little bit delayed because I'm moving back to my college town and I'm moving into a new apartment, so that's going to take a little bit, but hopefully it'll be out uh, second week of August, we'll say. We'll shoot for that. I'm really excited about this one. It's a little different from what I've done before with the podcast. Um, It's our first conspiracy theory. Ooh, I picked kind of a simple slash interesting one, so we'll see how it goes. Um, Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you guys in the next episode. Goodbye.